0: There's this responsibility that comes with following Jesus, um, where we have to love people and we have to hold ourselves to a higher standard. And God is that standard. But at the same time, there's the grace that goes along with it, you know? So if you're the one, if you're feeling a heavy dose of truth right now, just remember God's grace. You're in this situation for a reason and that God doesn't think any less of you because of it. Hello, and welcome to the FBC Sermon Podcast. Today's sermon is titled, Full of Grace and Truth, and was based on John 1.14. We hope you enjoy. Good morning, live stream people. Uh, I don't know about you, but I really needed that hour of sleep last night. I I don't know what kind of shape I would be in right now. Well, I'm happy to see all of you. so I titled this sermon Full of Grace and Truth. And part of that is because I'm bad at coming up with titles for things. So my go-to is always just to take it straight out of the Bible. And I figure I can't go wrong. But uh, part of it is also because this verse, in particular, verse 14, um, has really been something that I've been working through with God. Or rather, God has been working on in me. Um, and so I think we usually think of John 1.14 in relationship to Christmas, to the Advent story, right? Um, Which is appropriate, that's happening next month. Um, And it's, we think about little baby Jesus and how he's full of grace and truth and how when Jesus lived on earth for those roughly 33 years, in those years, he was full of grace and truth, right? But I think we tend to forget that we have the Holy Spirit as followers of Christ and that we have that grace and truth with us and available to us at all times. And so that's awesome, but also it can make us quite uncomfortable. So um, I want to just kind of set the scene for why I'm even talking about this. So once upon a time, I worked at a restaurant. Um, those of you who know me may remember that. <laughs> uh, so it doesn't feel that long ago. And so in the last year or so of me at this restaurant, I was a supervisor and I worked one day a week. My job was to go in Thursday mornings, an hour before the restaurant opened and kind of just like turn on the grill, you know, get everything set up. All of, It was all boring. Um, I'd like have some coffee, listen to a podcast while I was doing it. It was nice. Um, and so Thursdays were very mundane for me because we'd open at 11 o'clock and we'd have no customers because nobody wants to eat like restaurant grilled greasy food at 11am on a Thursday. So. Thursdays were pretty mundane and I was pretty accustomed to just not, <laughs> not working very hard on Thursdays, if I'm being honest. Um, and it was kind of nice. And so this one particular Thursday, I was working and I had a server come in, um, who I'd met only one time before. Uh, she didn't usually work at this restaurant. Um, and so she came in and we were just kind of chatting. It was like, Hey, she's really friendly. So we were just having a good conversation. How's it going? And so we open the restaurant and we're just kind of going through our normal morning routine. And out of nowhere, she, she shows me her phone and she's like, yo, look at this, this text message that our boss sent me at one in the morning. And she shows it to me and it's a text message offering her money for sex. And so I'm like, whoa, what is going on? Um, for, <laughs> for multiple reasons. Um, first of all, I don't know you. I've talked to you for 15 minutes. Um, second of all, this this is now something that has completely changed the trajectory of my Thursday, right? Um, so, I this is this becomes an immediate thing. So I told her I was like, you you realize I have to I have to say something about this, right? Because I know some people bring this up and because they're they're looking for help and but they don't want you to take action because then things are going to get weird and they might lose their job and. You know, so I told her I was like, just so you know, like I I have to do something about this. I have to talk to the owner, and she was like, oh yeah, good. I was like, oh, thank God. So, um, so that that kind of initiated a long conversation with God for the rest of the day, because it was about eleven thirty in the morning at that point, and um, the owner was on vacation in Florida golfing, and so I texted him and I was like hey, I, I need to talk to you. Um, is there any way we can talk, like on the phone, not be a text? And he responded, and he said, who is this? <laughs> Which is not exactly comforting, but I said, hey, you know, it's it's Chris. I've been working for you for like three years. Um, <laughs> uh, and he just, he didn't have my, he's a good guy. He didn't have my number, but he was like, yeah, I can talk at four. And so I was like, okay, that means I have four and a half hours to sit and just, Think about this, <laughs> um, which I thought was going to be a bad thing because I feel all my emotions in my stomach. And so I had knots in my stomach. I could barely eat lunch. I was like, it's all I can think about the rest of the day, right? Um, but actually, it turned out to be a good thing because I think if I had just immediately talked to the owner, I wouldn't have consulted God first. I think I would have acted on fear and anxiety and worry. And I think I would have just trusted that I can do this right, which... It's a bad idea. So, following Jesus gives us access to both grace and truth, which is what this verse is talking about, right? Um, and I think things usually go wrong when we focus on one or the other, because we've all seen the people who are really heavy on God's truth—you uh, know, the fire and brimstone, the "you, you got to do this, you can't do this, but you got to do this," and it's all truth. And then there's the people who are way too heavy on the grace. And it's like, well, we need a little bit of conviction, maybe, you know, about our faith. Um, but grace and truth are not mutually exclusive. They are, he, Jesus was full of grace and truth, uh, not one or the other. He was full of both at any given time. And what's more, he's full of grace and truth, um, which means it's not just some grace and truth. Like I'm gonna sprinkle a little bit on you. He's full of grace and truth. And so I want to share some of the the series of graces and truths that God was revealing to me through this incident. Um, so the first thing is, I was obviously uncomfortable, right? So the grace that I was given was like, of course you're uncomfortable. This is awkward. This is, you're out of your comfort zone. If you bring this up with the owner, like who knows what's going to happen to your job, There's other coworkers, like, do you bring this up to them? Do you keep it quiet? The cook overheard this conversation, you know? So, like, of course you're uncomfortable. And there was this grace. And then God brought in the truth, which is, it is not okay for you to value your comfort more than you value the dignity of this woman that is in this restaurant with you. And, I mean, I know that, but to really be told that and to really say, like, hey, act on this. Like, really believe that. Don't just know that, but, like, believe that, you know? That was a hard truth. Um, because I'd like to think that I value the dignity of people, but in this moment, it could have been very easy for me to not do anything. <laughs> um, and so that was the truth that God gave me there. And then another grace that I was given was, like, I've, God said, like, I've never put you in a situation like this because you haven't been equipped to handle it before. You haven't been mature enough to handle something like this. And that was very gracious because God only knows what I would have done if this had come up years ago. I could have straight up not done anything. I could have made the situation worse. I could have made some joke and try to play it off like nothing, no big deals happening, you know? So God was like, you know, you haven't been mature enough to handle something like this. So I haven't given you this kind of thing before. And then the truth came into play and God said, step your game up. Um, cause now, you know, you, you're maturing in your faith, you're in this position where you can lead people. Uh, I was a supervisor, so like your job description is to lead people first of all, but also you're growing in your faith and there's this responsibility that comes with following Jesus, um, where we have to love people and we have to hold ourselves to a higher standard and God is that standard. And so the truth was like, yeah, like before you weren't ready for this, but now I'm telling you, you're, you're ready. And if you're not ready, you better be. <laughs> so that was, you know, the level of discomfort was growing for me as there was grace and then truth just compounding on top of that grace. And again, God said, like, but it's okay. Like the grace is that it's okay that you're uncomfortable because this is weird and not appropriate. And like, it's gross. You know, I felt gross. Um, and then, <laughs> and then the truth. Where God said, that woman is far more uncomfortable than you are. You know who else is uncomfortable? The woman, she told me she's been getting hit on by this boss for upwards of four years. She was only 21. So, I mean, do the math. Um, and so she's far more uncomfortable than I am, you know? Um, and then, like I said, God is full of grace and truth. So there's a, there's a, an extra layer of truth added on this one, uh, where, he told me this woman has actually developed coping mechanisms to deal with situations like this. So not only is she more uncomfortable, but she's actually doing a better job of dealing with it than you are because she's had to deal with this before. Um, and that's that was pretty sobering, you know, and I think if I focused only on those truths, I could feel I could feel pretty dis- discouraged or pretty bad about myself. But it always comes alongside grace. And so I'm uncomfortable with the situation. (laughs) I'm uncomfortable with God's truth that God is relaying to me. And fortunately, there's more discomfort to come. So (laughs) the world, the world at large, um, probably not as quickly as it should be, but the world is starting to figure out like this kind of stuff is not okay. The culture is starting to shift where we're saying like we can't, we can't let things like sexual harassment at work go on. Anymore, You know, and I know that there's still a lot of progress to be made there, obviously, but the world is starting to figure out like this, this can't keep going on. And if I can be honest with you, I think the world is figuring that out faster than the churches sometimes. And that was a really hard truth for me to swallow. But Jesus said he was talking, you know, and he said, the, um, if you love those who love you, what do you have? Like, don't the tax collectors love each other? The tax collectors were wicked hated in the Bible and uh, that culture. I don't know that that's changed that much. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> and, then, and he said, you know, if you if you just greet the people that you that know that you know and that greet you back, like, don't the pagans do that? Um, and I don't meet a lot of people nowadays that identify as pagans, but there was that was a huge part of the culture back then. Is like. You know, getting a greeting from somebody that was higher up, especially like the Pharisees, that was a huge part of their culture. so Jesus is addressing the culture, and I think you could apply it here of like hey if you're just if you're just going to church and talking to Christians on Sunday and you're hanging out with other Christians and you're speaking at Christian functions, like the world is doing that with their own stuff, you know non-believers are going to other non-believers and non-believer functions and talking about stuff too um so, what good is it if i 'm not going out and loving people and helping people and using the position that I have to help the world, like in this case, my server, who has clearly come to me with looking for help? you know her personality was as such that it didn 't really seem like a cry for help, but like you don't bring up a text message like that to a random stranger unless you 're looking for help right um, at least that 's how I interpreted the situation and so there's a lot of, there's like layers of discomfort going on right here, right? Maybe some of you are uncomfortable that I'm talking about sex at church. I don't know. But there, it, it just, it goes on. There's more discomfort. Because the thing is, even when we align our values with the world, like when the world is getting it right, in the case of stopping sexual harassment, for example, if we align with the world on that, we still are going to clash. Because the world does not want to admit that God has the final authority on the matter. And that is largely discomfort, uncomfortable. Discomfort, uncomfortable, weird. <laughs> I was thinking about that last night when I was writing my notes. Um, yeah, th- that's uncomfortable. Because even if we come to an agreement on like, hey, this needs to stop, the the world, people who don't follow Jesus do not want to admit that God has the final authority on forgiving people, or that He has the final authority on matters of justice, of sexuality, um, and that that 's tough because why would they think that you know if you don 't know God, why would you think that God has any authority on anything having to do with your life right? Um, and so the world is starting to figure out. In this in this example, you know, the world's starting to figure out that we need to be helping victims. And the church, we need, we as Christians, we need to be at the forefront of that. Because if we're not doing something that the world is doing, that agrees with what God says about how we should be treating people, there's a problem. Like, we should be at the very forefront of helping victims and helping people get out of situations like this, about helping victims of abuse and sexual harassment, you know. But at the same time, Jesus tells us that the people who are perpetrating this are not identified by their sin. Like my boss in this situation, he, you know, Jesus died for the world. He loves the world. My boss could theoretically accept Christ and be forgiven for what he did. Um, and that's, that's scandalous. You know, that's very scandalous. Um, and don't don't get me wrong like there need to be consequences right i'm not saying i'm not saying don't have consequences for people that do stuff like this because there needs to be consequences sometimes legal consequences there needs to be punishment and so don't get me wrong that that needs to be addressed there are consequences for your actions but if our faith isn't making us look any different then what good is our faith because even if the world is getting it right then, like, what what difference do we have, you know? I was talking to a college student the other night. Had this really awesome conversation um, about mental health. And she was saying, like, you know, it seems like um, we're, we're kind of talking about the world, whatever that means to you. Um, and she was saying, like, I think the world is starting to figure out, like, we need to take mental health seriously, especially Gen Z. They're very good at um, starting to realize that. Um, And so she was saying, like, yeah, you know, people are starting to figure out, like, we need to start taking mental health seriously and provide centers and support and people that can help mental health, you know? And she's like, why, why is that not more prevalent in the church? And, um, I don't know that she was really asking me or if it was rhetorical. I hope she wasn't asking me because I don't have an answer. Uh, (laughs) Um, excuse me. But it's things like that where, like, People are starting to say like, you know, your faith needs to be, your faith needs to make you look different. Because if we're just saying like sexual harassment is bad, then duh, what difference does that like, what difference does that make? Well, how does that make us look any different than the world? You know, but at the same time, if we're not doing anything about it, if we're not saying that like God is the one who can make a difference in this matter, then what is our faith doing for us? <clears throat> Excuse me. So I think we need to get out of our comfort zone because literally everything about this is uncomfortable. You know, like my boss is uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. The server is uncomfortable. The people around are uncomfortable. And now I'm sharing that discomfort with you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> so I think, I think we need to get out of our comfort zone occasionally. Um, especially when it comes to God's grace and truth because the gospel story is beautiful and comforting. And, you know, Jesus came to save us and it's awesome. But at the same time, it is very uncomfortable, especially if you're the people in the gospel story that Jesus is yelling at and flipping tables about, you know, um, <clears throat> or you're an authority in Rome, you name it. So the, the tough conclusion, I think one of the hardest truths is that, you know, my boss in this situation is not identified by this sin that he committed. He's He should face consequences for it and be punished, but he ultimately is not, none of us are identified by our sins. Jesus has washed away that identity and we have to accept it. You know, we have to believe that Jesus is Lord and actually can do that. But I think it's a really hard truth to try to explain to people who don't know Jesus that that guy can get away with it to some extent. So... I think we need to be out of our comfort zone (laughs) is the the message that God was speaking to me through all this. Because if I had just gone on with my normal Thursday, it it would have been fine. Like I don't think anything traumatic would have happened. I would have made some money and tips and like gone home and gone to class, you know, whatever. But I think that instead I got a crash course in what it looks like to start living out faith. Um, which it's funny because I always think that I'm doing that until I'm in a situation like this and realize just how hesitant I am to do anything. Because I'm not, I'm not telling this story to brag about how I did something about the situation and saved something. No. Uh, if anything, I'm embarrassed by how, how nervous I was to even bring it up. You know, <laughs> uh, cause to be frank with you, I could have just done nothing about it. And I don't think anybody would have been the wiser, but I would have had to go home knowing that I let this woman get disrespected and harassed, and there's a guy out there doing this, and I'm not even making an effort to do anything about it, like, that's a, I don't know about you, I can't, like, I can't sleep at night feeling that way, you know, um, but I think we all do it more than we realize. <laughs> we're very good at ignoring um, what God is calling us to do, and I think we're very good at getting comfortable, and, uh, you know, we can say all the Bible verses we want, but when when uh what's the expression when you're uh, yeah thank you And you hit the road i i'm messing it up but yeah like when it when push comes to shove i'll go with that one you really like living out your faith is uncomfortable and it puts you in situations that don't come naturally to you god never gives a commandment for something that you are going to do anyway <laughs> um so <laughs> so I, I just want to encourage all of you that if you are feeling a heavy dose of God's truth at whatever point in your life you're in right now, that there is grace alongside of it. Um, there is, they are not mutually exclusive, <laughs> you know? Um, so don't be so hard on yourself. Um, you're going to be put in situations where you're uncomfortable. You're going to be put in situations where you're discouraged and doubt things. You're going to be in situations where you just feel like the most inadequate person in the world. And unfortunately that comes with the territory, but at the same time, um, there's the grace that goes along with it, you know? So if you're the one, if you're feeling a heavy dose of truth right now, just remember God's grace and remember that they're not mutually exclusive and that you're in this situation for a reason. And that God doesn't think any less of you because of it. And God is using you. Uh, And at the same time, if you're just bathing in God's grace, you know, if you're feeling like everything's good and God loves me and God's got me, that's awesome and true. And you should feel that. Uh, But at the same time, maybe ask what kind of truths God is trying to give you right now. Because when we are really feeling that grace, then that's when we are the most spiritually equipped to be (laughs) living out those truths that are going to put us in uncomfortable situations. So some food for thought, um, but yeah, it was not an encounter that I enjoy bringing up, but I think God really put it on my heart to start telling people about it because of just the things that he taught me through the situation. And I know I'm not the first or the last person to go through anything like this. And maybe some of you have been through even more awkward, uncomfortable situations. So I just want to encourage you that uh, God has got us, <laughs> whatever part, part of life you're in, whatever vocation, location you're in. God has got us. Um, and there's going to be some pretty hard truths that we're going to have to live out as followers of Jesus. But at the same time, there's this never-ending grace that he has promised us and that is just always there waiting for us if we look for it. <laughs> so let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much um, that you came to this earth so that you could give us your grace and your truth. Um, I thank you, God, that none of us who follow you are exempt from that grace. And uh, also that none of us are exempt from that truth. Um, and that can be really hard, God. Uh, sometimes those truths are encouraging and support us and make us feel good. And other times um, they just feel gross and weird and they're really hard to swallow. Um, so God, I just pray that as we leave today, that we can leave feeling a nice balance of that grace and truth. That we can leave knowing that... Um, they're not mutually exclusive, and that's a good thing, um, because if we have one or the other, then we're going to abuse the gifts you've given us, God. Um, I pray that wherever we are today, you can show us how we can apply that grace to people and show love to people, and how we can speak truth to people that need to hear it. Um, and I pray that all of it is centered around you, God, because you're the one that gave it to us, and you're the one who loves us, and is you're the only one that's capable of true grace and true truth. Uh, So God, I thank you. Um, I pray for everybody here. I thank you that people are here worshiping you and uh, just pray that you'll send us out today with hearts to serve you and to faithfully live out your word. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. If you are interested in learning more about what we do here at FBC, please visit our website, fbcamherst.org. Also consider subscribing to this podcast so you can get a notification when our weekly sermons are posted. Again, thank you for listening.